In 1916, a little boy named Emil Capon was born on a farm in Kansas. He had a pretty normal life growing up. He had an older brother, they played baseball, he rode his bike around, helped out on the family farm. Eventually he went to seminary and he became a priest. He's ordained in 1940. He served for about four years in his home parish, uh, actually. And then he became a military chaplain serving in the army right there at the end of World War II. So he didn't have too much time uh, there as a chaplain. He came back home after the war ended and he served in his home diocese for about two years. And then uh, he became an army chaplain once again. He wanted to serve. Eventually, Emil was sent to Japan, and after some time there was sent to minister to the soldiers in Korea when North Korea invaded South Korea. He himself was among those captured in 1950, and he was forced to march over 60 miles to a prisoner of war camp. During his seven months in captivity, Father Capon was selfless toward his fellow captives. Towards those, uh, those soldiers he was called to serve, he was generous and selfless. The men of all faiths, in fact, testify to his great courage and to the heroism he showed in that camp, which was seen in so many different ways. Oftentimes he would steal food and medicine from the guards and distribute it to the men, barely taking anything for himself, even though I'm sure he was hungry and not in great health. He encouraged them spiritually to persevere and to not give in to discouragement or to despair in such difficult, terrible conditions. He prayed with them, and he prayed for them. Eventually, he developed pneumonia and had a blood clot in his leg, which prevented him from working in this prison camp, which, as you can imagine, doesn't bode very well. So the guards took this opportunity and sent him to a hospital where everyone knew was kind of where you went to die. And while being carried there, Father Capon blessed his persecutors and asked for their forgiveness for anything that he had done against them. He died in 1951. In 2008, his cause for canonization was open. He's on the track to becoming a saint. In fact, just a little over a year ago, his remains were found uh, over there and brought back a few months later and are uh, there in Kansas. And I think the story of Father Capon is one of courage and perseverance. That many soldiers said they survived, not just because Father Capon brought them food, but because his love and his generosity, his self-sacrifice in those terrible conditions was an inspiration to live. But I think Father Capon's story is not just one of sort of fulfilling one's duty, but of following Jesus Christ. That he was a Catholic priest, and he heard and lived by the words of Jesus Christ and the gospel. That Jesus today tells us that there's a price to being a disciple. That it's not easy, and we can't do it on our own terms. Father Capon's life was certainly not easy. He risked his life for others constantly. He could have fled to safety with others rather than help the wounded, knowing that doing so would probably get him caught by the North Korean army. And that's exactly what happened. He stayed with those wounded, and he did get caught. That he followed Jesus Christ by loving others, and he suffered because of it. And with Father Capon, but I think honestly in all of us in the depths of our heart, there's our, we're all looking for something to suffer for. We're looking for something to give our lives towards, to give everything to. But once we find it, sometimes that's where things get a little difficult. 
today in the gospel, we hear about that difficulty. We hear in both of these situations, let me go bury my father and let me say, say farewell to my family first. Initially, those seem like pretty reasonable requests to us. But Christ knows the particular situations as each of those and tells them to follow him first, to leave everything behind and choose nothing before him. That he kind of admonishes them for choosing the world before him. And the tragedy is that these men receive this call from God and the grace to answer, but it's in vain because they don't act on it with haste, with speed, with saying yes right away. St. Francis de Sales says that we too receive God's grace in vain when we receive it at the gate of our heart, but we don't allow it to enter. Maybe we feel inspired to do something, but we just don't do it. Or maybe we do it partially, but not all the way. Maybe we know we should give up a particular vice, or really, I should go to confession, but we delay it, because it'll be kind of uncomfortable. It'll be kind of difficult. It'll require some work. But we need to see and open our eyes to the incredible fruit that's born when we answer right away and persevere in that good. That sort of promptness is action of action It's probably a little bit of what you parents want, right, with your children. When you ask them to do something, not to just uh, sort of wait around to do it, but just do it right away. So too, God desires that from us. And then he wants to persevere in that. The perseverance is so crucial in our spiritual lives that to persevere in the good means persevering and following Jesus Christ and following him one foot in front of the other, not giving up, not being discouraged by the storms and the difficulty and the achy feet that often happen. That especially, I think this is a real sign that we're making progress in our spiritual lives. Sometimes we can really wonder, like, am I making any progress? What's going on here? Is this, is this doing anything? Well, persevering is, a, is an essential part of this. And I think if we're a part of perseverance is if we're constantly making new resolutions, new resolutions to grow, new resolutions to love God, new resolutions in this particular virtue, new resolutions to love, to give ourselves in different ways, if there's sort of this constant renewal happening, or at least a desire to do so and try to put something into practice, I think that's a really good thing. That's a really good sign. That that shows the Lord a desire, a great desire to persevere, a desire to follow him. That any time we're sort of, um, sort of stuck in the mud a little bit, we can, it's easy to get a little bit lukewarm. And to not continue to strive, to resolve ourselves, to begin once again. In our second reading, Paul talks about this freedom that Christ gives us. He says, for freedom, Christ set you free. That he's most specifically talking about the sort of ceremonial and religious precepts of the old law in the Old Testament, Leviticus and all that, which those in the new covenant in Christ are no longer strictly bound to. But we also know that Christ indeed come to set us free, that this freedom looks like life in Christ, looks like following Jesus, that he didn't free us so that we could fall back into slavery, that this is the work of mercy, in fact, that Christ provides, that even when we do fall back into slavery, when we reject God, when we choose sin, Christ is ready to liberate us again and again and again, that this, I think, too, is the work of the priest, that as My last Sunday with you all here at St. Philip, Uh, it's been a great joy and honor and a privilege to serve as Christ's instrument for these past two years. Uh, I've certainly grown a lot. I've learned a lot. 
Uh, And I'm sorry for any of the sins or mistakes that I've committed against you. The priests are people too, and we need your mercy. But priesthood is also not lived in sort of the abstract, but it's in particular concrete service to a community that helps to form and to uh, sort of fill in who the priest is. So the parish of St. Philip has helped to make me more of the priest that I am. As I've said, I'll always remember my assignment here. You always remember your first assignment, and I know that will be true for me. I know that God will continue to guide me where he wills, and he'll continue to lead and guide you as well. That your new priests will take care of you, each in their own individual ways. So I ask you to love them, to be patient with them, to pray for them, and to fast for them. Because ultimately, in the priest, we're seeking Christ. We desire to encounter Jesus Christ, And we hope that the personality, the particular humanness, the particular priest is just a bridge to that Christ. Because it's him who comes to set us free. It's him who calls us sometimes to do difficult things, to do radical things, to follow him and leave everything else behind. And to trust him in this. Trust that when he calls, when he says, come and follow me, that we have a courage, a perseverance to do what he asks right away trusting that he will be enough for us.